0: Castle Massey is offering 30% off all of their products just for you. You. Yes, you little Outlander cast fan. Whether it's the number six, Here Comes a General. Blake, where's the sound effect?
1: Oh, man? you know what? You are right. Here Comes a General. It's Washington.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Rosewater or my favorite, the Almond Cream Lotion. You can get it at an incredible deal. It's winter. It's a brand new year guys and it's gonna be drought lander soon you know it's gonna be a drought lander your hands you need that almond cream lotion so treat yourself and get 30 <laughs> percent off while you're at it by using the coupon code Outlandercast at checkout
1: treat yourself
0: that's right this
2: is linda d from buffalo new york
3: you're listening to the best podcast in the outlander fandom Aww. outlander cast with mary and blake
1: at a girl linda thank you very much Yay. i really appreciate that All the way from
0: Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars.
2: Sing me a song
0: to pick a different harmony every time.
1: (laughs) Such a music nerd.
0: What do you mean, man?
1: You're such a music nerd. That's what I mean.
0: Who else likes to sing a different harmony each time? And I'm like picturing these peeps. There's one guy that I'm picturing has a really like wonky beard. Like one of those like wiry ones. Like steel, wool kind
1: of with a, with, a, with one of those hats, you know, like the...
0: Oh, he doesn't have a hat in my picture. Oh,
1: see, I, t- I think he has a hat and, like, a corncob pipe.
0: The one that's like, oh... Nope, not that one. Which, which harmony do I want? Nonetheless. Hi, guys.
1: <laughs> Nerd.
0: Guys, this is a listener feedback episode. Can you tell? Nerd! That's right. Steel wool, wiry beard. Who are you? What do you mean?
1: Who are you? Oh, <laughs> my name's Mary Larson. <laughs> my name's Blake, and I am happy to record the second Outlander Cast episode podcast episode of the day.
0: That's right, guys, because our kids be crazy. Our kids be crazy. Kids are nuts. And um
1: we couldn't delay. <laughs>
0: and our life has been crazy.
1: We couldn't delay because we have the finale party right yes. now, which you know normally we probably would have delayed this a day, but since things are just insane right now and we're pivoting on a bunch of different stuff and we're trying to make everything work and we got the party Today's the day. Yes. Two episodes of Outlander Cast, and one day you are welcome.
0: You're welcome. How does that
1: work, Fight? How do you like them apples?
0: Let me tell you, man, we've, we've, we've got some situa- situations going on, but the Outlander Cast party is well underway. It's happening. Yes. It's happening. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right. So before we get into the rest of the show, we want to, of course, make sure that you've hit that subscribe button because good old wonderful things are going to be coming your way, my friends. Finale, finale discussion, and then Droughtlander, fun. You don't want to miss it. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all by searching Outlander Cast. And yes, I just said a swear. I just said Droughtlander. You know, raise a glass to freedom. Raise a glass. Shame. Freedom from what? I don't know. Freedom from my (laughs) television? Freedom from King
1: George? What? (laughs) I don't know. No.
0: Well, let's be real. I'm I'm raising a glass because we're all going to be in Drottlander together. And we want to be still there with
1: you. Tomorrow there will be more of us. Listen,
0: but we know... That maybe in Droughtlander, you might want to spread your little wings and fly and try a little little something else out. Maybe another show or something.
1: tell the story of tonight.
0: So maybe you might want to watch This Is Us, a show on NBC. It's very popular. Lots of people talk about it. We talk about it. We have a a podcast called This Is Us Too. And you can, of course, learn all about the different blogs, giveaways, events, everything we do just by going to Mary and Blake Media. You can find it at maryandblake.com. Come.
1: You are the worst, oh, Burr. Just,
4: just keep going.
1: <laughs> it's a listener feedback episode. <laughs> Dot <com. laughs> You are the worst, Burr. Okay.
5: All right. All right. All right.
0: Fun fact, we tried to do this episode earlier You want to know what happened? Our babysitter texted us and said, your daughter just peed all over the floor. So we almost had a moment of freedom to podcast.
1: Yeah, and No, that's it. No. no. Why, why would we want freedom? Because
0: it's our time. It's our time down here. Okay? How
1: many random references can we fit into this We're episode? We're
0: already up to, what, 10? Here we go. <laughs> Rebecca says, I agree. On Ad- the
1: website, she says. Oh,
0: yes. On the website, she said, Adagio for strings was awful. And I am one of the show's biggest fans. I actually groaned when it started playing and it took me completely out of the scene, which pissed me off because I do... Wanted to be with that scene. Rebecca, I'm going to tell you something, honey. That sentence don't work for me. I'm Ron Burgundy.
1: Mary will read what you write. Girlfriend,
0: because, which pissed me off because I do wanted to be with that scene. Girlfriend, you know I'm going to read what you wrote. And I read it. I understand what you mean, Rebecca. I'm with you, soul sister. Uh, I got you. Uh, Rebecca's heard of the music too many times on film and television. Rick was great. Ed was great. Bree seems half in love with Gray in the book, too. So I think their relationship on screen is consistent with the relationship in the book. Sometimes I wondered if Dinah was tempted to throw those two together and to kill Roger off. Oh, she! Hey, that's that's pretty much what's happened. Uh, right, in the in show, trumps. at least. All right. Emily, <laughs> what Emily have to say? Emily,
1: you had to say... All of this talk about shipping John and Brie is wrong. Stop. That's the
0: point of shipping. It's wrong.
1: (laughs) But it feels so good. John is wonderful. And if you read all of the novellas about him, you will see that he is noble, kind, and charming. My absolute favorite character that Diana Diana has ever created. And he truly cares about others, and especially when it comes to Jamie's family. But he will never be in love with brie brie would never have the same type of love for or from john that she has with roger i'm not saying they
0: need it that kind of love
1: best friends yes yeah. but lovers no
0: they don't need to rumby pumpy
1: even for just the show watchers yes he is a gay man whose love for brie is more than a more that of a godfather or friend mm. so let's stop please Listen, uh, Emily, I think you're taking it from us, from Mary and Blake. We don't uh, want them to rumpy-pump no, it's it's you're taking it a little too serious. What I'm saying is, with the way that the show has crafted their relationship, their relationship is actually much more interesting than that of Roger and Bree. And I truly don't care if Roger and Brie come back. And it feels to me Blake, like... don't you dare say that. Well, it's true. And it feels to me that John and Bree, regardless of whether or not John is gay or whatever... It seems to me that they're better suited for each other. Now, again, maybe the book and the novellas paint a different picture. I've never read them, so I treat them like they don't exist. I'm only going off of the show and the show that
0: the novellas paint John in a very charming light. Right, that's great, but I've never read John is very
1: uh, charming. I'm not. I'm uh, saying. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that the show has painted a much different picture, uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. And at least from the way that I see it, they're a better fit together. I don't want that. I know that they're not going to be together. I know it's ridiculous to even think of. But I also think that they're just a better fit. It just So far, within the show, it is what it is. All right. Ned chimes in, says, Dear Marion Blake, there are two things I'd like to mention. The first is Lord John Gray. He is the kind of character who has chemistry with everyone, so don't read too much into his relationship with Brie. The fact is that he loves Jamie and knows that if he is to maintain his friendship with him, that Claire and Brianna have to approve of him. And I think that not having uh, as his lover Brianna that he is determined to be on his family tree in other ways. You have no idea how complicated this will get between Gray and the Frasers. Absolutely right. I have no idea. About his part in leading the Redcoats astray, I believe this is deliberate foreshadowing. The Revolutionary War is coming up, so what will happen when it comes to choosing sides? Will John join the rebels or serve the crown? And what side will William be on for that matter? I believe all of them are in a collision course. And as for Roger and his idealistic notions, I see Roger as an echo of Frank. They're both Oxford historians who lost their woman when they went through the stones, but the difference is that Frank didn't go through them in both sides now. But Roger knows that Frank's relationship was ruined by Claire's absence through time, so he wasn't about to sit around and wait to see if Bree came back. He thought if he went back in time, he could prove that they belong together. And yes, He left her right after the fight, but Bree told him to go. Was he really supposed to stick around after that, especially when he knew that the Fraser's Ridge was only a few days away? Nonetheless, he came back to make up, and Bonnet threatened to cut his arm off. And was he really supposed to choose bleeding to death over Bree? Ew. Then Jamie and Ian sent him away on the Mohawk. Roger's choice to stay or go has been taken out of his hands each time. But when he and Jamie meet again and explains what actually happens, Roger will have to make a real choice. Stay in the past Brie, the baby, and the father-in-law who beat him to a pulp, or go back and start over. He's already proven that he's brave by mercifully ending uh, Father Alexander's life, even knowing that he's probably going to be punished in the same way. So he hasn't lost what he needs to make the right choice.
0: Yeah, I'm still listening.
1: Yeah, but you got music playing in the back. What are we doing?
0: Playing my favorite song that goes along with this episode. It's called Gay Boyfriend. We're going to play it later. I'm finding it. i finding oh it for God. you
1: all. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez! All right. Well, listen. <laughs> I, Roger did choose to leave Brie. He did. I don't care if he came back or not. Brie did not say, go, get out of my face. She said, no one is stopping you. There's a difference. And even if the person says, no one is stopping you, that does not give you license, nor does it make it right to leave that person You just got married. How how is that even reasonable? I I'm not I I am I am in the tank the tank bunker in this one. I refuse to leave the bunker that Roger made a poor choice when leaving Brie. I just refuse okay. to believe it.
0: That's okay. Don wrote in and said, Hi, Mary and Blake. Am I missing something? I am so not buying this forgiveness issue with Jamie and Bree. I feel as though in faith that Jamie only dueled with Blackjack because of Fergus. He was protecting a child, Jamie's foster child, who was raped by Blackjack. Jamie technically didn't try to kill Randall. But did a John Bobbitt to him? He wounded him (laughs) in the groin. I think if he had been, if it hadn't been for poor Fergus, then Jamie would have kept his promise to Claire. I loved Marceline Fergus. She's a real empowered woman. I love her. Oh, Lord John Gray. He was amazing. That line when they were at the prison. I'll be waiting for you here if you should need me. (laughs) It's the most romantic line in the entire show. (laughs) He's just such a bright light of the show. And I felt as though the Roger Bree, Fowler Alexander, Medicine Woman storyline was forced down our throats. And I wish Roger would have mentioned something about Reverend Wakefield in his monologue. After all, he would have known something about God and faith from his adopted father. I totally hated the medicine woman running in the fire with Father Alexander. What kind of mother would leave her baby? I hated the soap opera convenience of the keys dropping at the prison so stupid and any idiot could have foreseen that Bonnet was going to escape with Bree, told him when she told him exactly everything about herself and the baby, so the keys dropping before the jail blew up made my eyes roll.
1: You know? Those are all reasonable points. Yes, yes. All reasonable points. Sandy Lynn. Sandy Lynn. uh, Yes, Sandy Lynn chimes in. She says, hey guys, good discussion of the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. With regard to your comments about the last part of the episode, meaning what did it all mean? Well, my first thoughts after the episode were twofold. One, Roger is a priest's son, so I saw his enumeration of his sins to Father Alexander as a sort of confession, after all, of the boneheaded things he believes that he has done. The idiot hut became a confessional, and equally, although Father Alexander doesn't know Roger's history, I saw the father's confession to Roger in Roger saying a prayer over the man and washing his wounds before his death like a similar ritual. It came off his very spiritual exchange, and too, like Joe Hion back in Scotland in the 1970s, Rogers decides to throw away all he has, and all he has to do is follow his love into the abyss. Sure, he didn't throw himself into Bree's funeral pyre, but as far as Roger knows, he could have been ending his life by deciding to follow Brianna. It was definitely a leap into the unknown with an uncertain outcome. And this whole season, Roger has been making decisions that have not turned out well. Some of it has been due to his own aforementioned boneheadedness, but more often he's been a victim of circumstance. He jumps on a boat to America just as Bree does, but he has the bad luck to have Bonnet as his captain who proceeds to manipulate Roger due to Roger's moral compass and decency. And later, he threatens Roger into staying with the crew longer than he wanted. Then, because of Lizzie's mistake, Roger ends up at the wrong end of Jamie's fists, sold to the Mohawk by Ian, and dragged hundreds of miles away into servitude. And when he had the opportunity to escape at the Stones, he didn't choose one way or the other. He hesitated. All in all, Roger's been Mr. Victim, hardly the hero worthy of our hero and heroine's only daughter. However, once Roger gets to uh, the Mohawk village, he pours his soul out to the father and tells him he is turning his back on the decent man he had been. And despite the father's example, no matter how foolish we may find it, that there are higher principles, a higher calling that he must answer to, Roger wants nothing to do with that kind of logic. He's tried to be good and decent, and it's gotten him nowhere. And from now on, he's going to be his own version of Bonnet and look out for number one. And so he digs himself out of the hut and he rescues himself. He doesn't hesitate he goes but knowing what is happening to the father and hearing his cries roger makes a decision finally the first real decision he has made since following Bree. anyway roger decides that he won't be that guy who only looks out for himself and he goes back he didn't hesitate and he gets captured again and he physically turns himself around runs back to that village and without hesitation takes action he becomes the hero. He reclaims his agency, and he does something very noble. And at that point, I think he became a hero just as much as Jamie, Claire, Myrtle, and all the other characters we come to admire, who put themselves on the line to save an innocent, or help ease a wrong. And on a separate note regarding Joheon's leaving behind her daughter to kill herself with her lover, first off, we have to acknowledge that the Mohawk life may be different from our own. It is cliche to say, say it these days, but it does take a village. I'm guessing that even though she had a little time to mull it over, Johion knew that her daughter would be taken care of. It's interesting. Claire kind of did the same thing, but unlike Johion, she waited until Brie was grown before leaving her to be with Jamie.
0: Big difference. (laughs) Without ever expecting to see her daughter.
1: There's a huge difference. And listen, Roger has made decisions. He had agency. Are you
0: talking, Blake, or is this our friend? Oh,
1: no, this is is me. He had agency. He chose to leave Brianna. I don't care what anybody says, no one can convince me otherwise. Roger left Bree, decided to go back home. Yes, he he hesitated at the stones. We still don't know if he made a choice or if the Mohawk found him. We still don't know. He just said he hesitated. That's it. But he made a choice to leave Bree. I don't care if he chose to go back. I don't care if he wanted to go back. I don't care if he, he did everything he could to leave Bree. And that, to me, just doesn't sit well. His agency is that. He chose to go.
0: Okay. And no one's going to change your mind about it, I guess.
1: No. Take Bunkered.
0: Okay. Well, Facebook, we had Cassie Stewart say, oh my God, using Adagio for strings was so stupid. So glad you agree. It took me completely out of the moment. And I read that they put that in as a temporary piece. And then they decided to keep it because they were all crying when they watched it and they thought they nailed it.
1: Ugh. And one of the things that you may not know is that whenever they do television or film, whenever they're producing the show... They actually take music that is of the same style that they want and they'll put temp music in. So, for example, in this situation, the temp music that they used was adagio for strings. It, it, what it does, it, it, it conveys the feeling that they want. And it, it goes to the composer and they say, this is the feeling that we want. And if you have a terrible composer, they'll just like riff on the on the temp music Mm -hmm. and they'll create something actually very similar to it. So that's why when you hear a lot of uh, music nowadays, it all kind of sounds similar to certain things. Like it sounds similar to other pieces, especially in soundtrack music Mm -hmm. because they're all riffing on each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's why, temp music was used, and that's what she's referring to. Amy Berline Scanlon says, I almost drove off the road listening to you guys today. Marsily wants the thug life is pretty much the best line ever. And for the record, I share your love and admiration of Ed Spillier's portrayal of Stephen Bonnet. I don't want him to be killed off. I want more of him and of course Ferguson. Marsily, love the podcast. You guys are great.
0: Oh, thank you, Veronica. Agronov Defos is about the barber... Never watched Platoon or any other film show with it in it. Being in this country only since 1992, I did not follow presidential funerals or other side events where this piece might have been played. So my immediate take was what a heart-wrenching, gorgeous and sophisticated choice it was. After learning that in this country it's more the equivalent to Moonlight Sonata or Schumann's traumer I can't read this one, Traumary, the overplayed, overused, associated funerals choices where I was raised, I get the annoyance with the choice. And yes, bear could have probably written something stunning however i can't deny that for me it was cathartic so i can appreciate and intellectually accept the opposite reaction because for me it worked and i'm going to say something with veronica a lot of people who are not um drowned in the samuel (laughs) barbers adagio for strings felt this way felt impacted because it is it is one of the saddest if not the saddest piece I've ever listened to. Sure. So I can completely understand why in the writer's room, they had this music as the temp music, as the temporary music to make people feel sad. And I can completely understand that they might have sat there and said, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Right? This worked. This made us cry. This completely evoked the emotions that we wanted. And so Veronica wrote this, but as did many people in the Outlander cast clan gathering, yep. a lot of people who said, I am not... Um, Someone who's listened to Barbara a lot, especially people who aren't necessarily, haven't seen Platoon or aren't necessarily, you know, US based and just people who may not be very well versed in this piece. They were not sick of it like Blake and I were. Right. Blake and I were. And so it's funny because if you have watched Platoon,
1: you you can't unhear that song. You can't unsee it. You can't unhear it.
0: I will tell you all this. This is going to be burning people death. And next time you hear this song... You are going to think if you have if you don't already think platoon, you're now going to think of this scene, and you can't shake it. And right. that's what is so hard is that this ce- this music is so impactful, but it's also unforgettable that you will always remember the scene that Burning you saw people. at first. Right, and it won't. Um, it's you know what it's like. It's like when uh, you watch a character and you just can't like Matthew Crawley in Downton Abbey. I'm sorry. When I see him next in a, in a movie, he's still going to be Matthew, he's Matthew Crawley. Crowley. That's it. I am, there are some people that I just can't shake and I can't be like, I can't believe you in this.
1: Crocodile Dundee.
0: Oh my gosh, right? (laughs) So, so I understand Veronica and I'm glad that you were able to voice that opinion.
1: Uh, Chris in Oakland. Kelly uh, Castro. Oh, sorry. Kelly Castro says, I'm listening now and I wanted to comment before I forgot. I think Providence, and this is a response to the nerd call that I put out wanting everybody to describe to me what they think Providence meant because I couldn't figure it out personally. Uh, Providence is in reference to the guiding faith and providential fate that Roger has, both in his faith in what is right and his faith in love for Brebe, and how, in the end, his faith in doing what was right and divine intervention and providential fate won out over his drive to be selfish and run away. Just my thoughts. I may be wrong. At least that's how I saw it.
0: Now we go to your friend, Kristen Oakland, who said, I felt Adagio for strings. Definitely not the right choice. First, I identify it with the movie, and so it didn't seem right adding it here. And second, a few of us in another threadhead here discussed the song seemed to warrant great connection with the characters and therefore a deep feeling. Both of which are not there, as we barely know these characters, save feeling slightly horrified by their death. But we really don't know these people enough, or the tribe and its way of life, which I would have liked more of actually in the season. Basically, it felt as though the intent was to manipulate feelings that weren't truly there. And I would agree, Kristen. I feel like Adagio for Strings would have been a perfect choice. Aside from the fact that, like, I don't want it in Outlander, it would have been the perfect choice for Claire and Jamie having Jamie say goodbye and touch the stones with Claire yeah sure or Claire sobbing when she returned back in time right like this music to me is emotional and loss of someone
1: you love right
0: not some jabroni who could have just sprinkled some dang water <laughs> on a baby and said happy birthday right because they didn't know what that needs to mean just say sure. happy birthday in land. okay I agree, There's Kristen. a big
1: difference. It's manipulative. It's, and, it's a manipulative choice. If you know the piece, it's a manipulative choice. And
0: we're supposed to feel this with this piece because I think we're supposed to feel what Roger feels in this moment. But it's very hard but to even get then. all. No, but I think that that's what the writer's room and everybody were hoping. That we would sit there in Roger's shoes and say love and loss and Gosh, the things you sacrifice and the stupid idiot things that you do for love and uh, and feel all of this in Roger's shoes. Except the problem is, is that this TV series hasn't really necessarily made us love Roger
1: and we don't know who these jabronis are. Right. And more importantly, the sacrifice that Roger sees isn't the the, the relationship that we had established was between Roger and the father, Father Alexander. Right. Yes. Father Alexander doesn't love this woman enough to sacrifice everything he cares for uh-huh. he chooses to love god and his his love of the sacrament more than his woman it's very if, confusing. I, if father alexander had actually done what he was what i thought he should have done which was just lie and do whatever that makes sense to I me wish
0: roger had said i'll do it i'm religious i know the things
1: right and then and then okay you see joe go in and and, and 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 hug the guy sure she chooses to be with her lover for eternity. But that's not what he wanted, the lover, number one. And number two, she's abandoning her child. The physical embodiment of that man, it, it just doesn't make sense on a narrative level. I'm not being mean about it. It just doesn't make sense. And the reason why they put that in there, I think, and I, and I, and I think Kristen is right. They meant it to be manipulative. They wanted to evoke an emotion out of you that they wanted from you. Not relying on Bear, not relying on anybody else, but they knew that this piece was sad. and they, and they and But if you, Bear it,
0: could have still done
1: it. I would have that's been what I'm completely
0: saying. fine. I would have been completely fine to be crying and sad and feel all these same feelings if it had been Bear McCrary's music. Right.
1: Jennifer Scott Schneider <laughs> says, I haven't yet listened to the podcast, but Father Alexander was a mirror for Roger despite the idiot speech he gave. I, too, can't help filling in the blanks with my knowledge of the books. The show really needed to invest some more good time between Bree and Roger for the show watchers to get on board with their relationship. But I thought this episode blew it out of the pack. (sighs) Jennifer, I appreciate you, but Father Alexander is not a mirror for Roger.
0: What? Why, Blake? Why? He's not.
1: He's not for the very reason I just cited. Roger, Father Alexander does not give up everything Whoops. he loves for the stupidity of his love. That's not a mirror. It's not reflecting back. He gives up
0: everything he loves for, for God. God, which is his love. That is right. his love. He's a priest. That's who he married. <sighs> so I completely disagree with you, Blake.
1: I, I'm I'm not on board with this. <laughs> I'm really not. It doesn't, and what I, did I, Lee, I, Lee it, say? It, it, just, it doesn't reflect Roger. That's the thing.
0: I completely disagree because his love is God.
1: No, it does. It his hey, love. It's okay. We can agree to disagree. But Roger's love is a not God. Roger's love Doesn't is Chris Bree, and then and then Bree decide, and then he decides to give that love up to be his own man. Yeah,
0: that's what Father Alexander did. He banged his girl.
1: <sighs> no, no, he's not. He's not a mirror. It's not a. It's in not a your reflective opinion, mirror. Why
0: don't you use the correct okay,
1: language? Sorry. Bella Lee <laughs> says in this case. <laughs> In the case this sketches you before the deadline, another word on Providence, everyone is on their own path with whatever light that guides them. It's not a straight line. People go the wrong way, stumble, pick themselves up, pick others up with them, and we frequently fail. Some find redemption, some, well, we don't know. But it's continuing the search for the path that matters. People have been trying to define Providence by any name since communication was discovered. The Outlander series, books, and show just joins the discussion. It doesn't answer the questions. And I think it would have been clearer if, if it is easier stayed on the Roger and Bree story settings and gave them more nuance and complexity. Because the a- audience is wicked smart like Wicked. That. Wicked smart like Wicked.
0: That. <laughs> you guys we're taking a little break. Do you still love this music? I, I do. do. It's I, still this great. Like, probably one of my top five favorite pieces that Bear has done for Outlander.
1: This would have been a good job. It proves to you that he would have no. done a better job than oh, a dodgy I jump mean, I wouldn't have
0: used this no, for that this. scene. No, not this. That exactly, would have been really weird. <laughs> like, I want to just tweet Bear and be like, I'm so sorry that they didn't even let you try. I mean, maybe they let him try and he completely failed. But anyway, we're taking a quick break because we want to let you know that as America's original apothecary company, no one and I mean, no one does apothecary quite like Castle Massey. Their line of essential oils and bath waters are more expertly crafted with lots of care. And because of this, they have the healthiest products. They're totally worth trying. I love their bath waters. They actually have a floral waters apothecary kit. It comes with naturally derived sweet almond oil. You guys know how I feel about that. That moisturizes and tones your skins. And you get to have 30% off because you get to write the words OutlanderCast at checkout. No space, just OutlanderCast. And then you get to say 30%. Let me tell you, are your cuticles looking a little funky?
1: Is, is your skin a little funky because it's winter?
0: Are you and looking all the dry a heat? little scaly? All the salt? you need to go to Castle Massey and you, when you go there you need to write Outlander Cast to check out when did I become from Minnesota
1: I have no idea
0: I'm thinking those people need some almond oil cream they, they, oh.
1: <laughs> now you're Scottish <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: maybe it's
1: the wine maybe it's the wine you know what slange Alright we got an email here It says Dear Blake and Mary Yes Excellent podcast episode You guys You have been brilliant Grazie And and now you're Italian Oh I speak Italian And compelling all season It's nice to get so much Out of your commentary And that of other fans Which is the point Of the listener feedback episode See (laughs) <laughs> I think the confusion you guys have with the title of the episode might be linked to Blake's confusion and dislike surrounding the Father Alexander Rogers scenes mm-hmm. and their impact on Rogers' character development and decisions. Marlowe's excellent staff take on this week's episode touched briefly on the significance of Rogers meeting Father Alexander as a divine providence in Rogers' life and chosen path. First, is helping him to realize that he is not someone who can put himself as number one and later in significant life-altering ways in book five and four and six. So you know what? She, there, there's a spoiler here. He's saying spoiler alert, but I'm not going to read it. Okay. I'm not reading it at all. I just saw spoiler alert. That's it. And being an idiot, as Roger <laughs> puts it, in the moment he turns around to help Father Alexandra is fueled by love just not romantic love it's fueled by the divine love that the spirit moves in him and that the father alexander reminds him of of him during their time together roger is the adopted son of a presbyterian minister his maternical, maternal maternal uh, uncle oh that
0: was a word maternal <laughs> wow that was that, pretty
1: I, I get that one yeah, you do. and thus was raised to believe strongly in god's divine providence and control over the unfolding of his life also known as Predestination and Roger is not regressing in his growth as Blake suggested, but rather showing us who he is becoming thanks to divine providence. I, well, first of all, timeout. I didn't. Ex- I didn't say that he gre- regressed. I said that he actually had major growth, and that g- growth was then curtailed because of his choice to go back to Father Alexander. Just saying. Father Alexander has a profound effect on Roger's choices as Roger calls back to this experience in the Mohawk Village on numerous occasions while discerning his vocation. and uh, No. See? Can't do that. What? Can't talk about this stuff. What? Because it's in the books. And it's future books.
0: Okay. Then this... You know what? You cut off. Who is this person?
1: Uh, you don't even have their name. I don't, I don't have the name in front of me. I, I, I messed that up. I will... I will get it right now shame i, I you know what I, I actually do deserve the shame though shame thank you very much did you
0: just read something you shouldn't have blake no
1: i didn't it, no it's just you know there's some there's
0: people just need to be careful because blake reads the emails guys it's
1: elizabeth lewis elizabeth i appreciate you i appreciate you too, i appreciate elizabeth. what you're trying to say here you know but it's
0: just blake you know what he is he's a little puddin <laughs> and we just can't, we can't show his little eyes. These well, you things. know
1: what, she did put it in in in, in square oh. quotes here. But you know what, I'll, I'll, let me continue. Blake already said this, but providence literally refers to God guiding the way the, as the universe unfolds. For example, p- people are called to trust in God's providence, a.k.a. that God has a hand in how things are unfolding and we should trust the process. I think this is an excellent reference for writers and showrunners to use as an episode title. Despite all the intense criticisms coming from other fans this season, I have noticed how impeccably they, meaning Tony, Meryl, and Matt, have stayed close to the heart of the story of Drums of Autumn and laid plans out for characters and plot that have a holistic foresight and providential interest in the long-term outlander narrative. People criticize Murtaugh surviving last season, but it has helped to develop the regulator storyline without having to introduce new characters and develop new actor chemistry. People criticized Roger being less likable in this season in the show, but it has helped us to connect more to Brie, which is very hard in the earlier books, as she is a very difficult book character, and it has led to a redemption for the Roger in this episode, and further redemption next week, I suspect. The writers and producers have made some other small and larger changes, but have had the overall scope and storyline in the mind the whole time. And not only are things connecting now at the end of the season, but as someone who has read books five and six three times in the last two years, I see how things are already connecting and laid out for seasons five and six. In this episode that introduces us to Roger's connection with Father Alexandra and divine love in spirit sets the stage for his future vocation. It's impossible for us fans and viewers to see the holistic vision of the writers and producers that arcs over the seasons, and I truly believe that we just have to have faith in their divine process.
0: Gotta have faith, the faith, the faith.
1: Who knows? Maybe we'll even have a perfect explanation for why Ian has been disappearing all the time. We just can't see it yet. So I say trust in the providence of these folks who are close with Diana, are book lovers, and have the best interest of the show at heart. Because commandment number one, Blake, the book is the book and the show is the show. Well, you just, you just totally contradicted yourself. Trust them because they're book lovers, but the show is the show and the book is the book. I don't know. I'm just saying.
0: You gotta have faith, faith, faith. Outlander Cast clan member Rosemary Knight wrote in, never thought I would say this about a Karen Campbell episode, but I really liked it. (laughs) (laughs) I would give it 4.8 kilts. I thought it was very well written. I loved the sets and the costumes, especially with the Mohawk tribe. Let me tell you, Rosemary, that Mohawk tribe set. Incredible. Oh my gosh. Incredible. And by the way, for those of you listening, you need to go to outlandercast.com. Because, man, our scoutlander, Andre Poppleton, oh, has yes. some phenomenal behind-the-scenes photos and information for you all about this set. She got she got up close and personal, my friend. She got it, and uh, you want to go and check that out. They're um, all up in their business. Rosemary Knight says the acting was amazing, especially with Richard Rankin. You give that man an Emmy right now. No, time out,
1: time out, time out. Emmys, he was great. Emmy worthy. Emmy worthy? I'm not sure quite yet.
0: Well, on that note <laughs> I'm gonna take a sip.
1: It it's just it, it was one really great scene. I'm just gonna pet my fish pin. <laughs> oh, that friggin' guy! I that effin' guy!
0: I did think it was a bit much that the keys were conveniently dropped in front of Bonnet's cell. But my biggest issue, says Rosemary Knight, was at the few lines in Roger, Roger's speech. I had redeemed Roger in my head after Wilmington by assuming that he left the shed to cool off but that he never intended on actually leaving Brianna. Well, this speech ruined that for me. It was another example of the one big issue I've had with him all season, the inconsistent way Roger has been written. In this episode and in Down the Rabbit Hole, we saw a compassionate, selfless Roger who puts himself uh, you know, out there and even risks his life for people he barely knows. But the the one person with whom he is not compassionate and selfless is, is with Brianna. Right?
1: right oh my god yes absolutely freaking extremely
0: self-centered and selfish
1: It's the one person he's supposed to be selfish and compassionate about. If the
0: show was following the book, writes Rosemary, you could blame Diana Gabaldon, but the choices and motivations that the writers gave Roger in The False Bride in Wilmington were a huge departure from the book. The show basically changed Roger's character to add more drama to the episodes and to move forward the stories you saw It a classic case of plot-defining character rather than a character-defining plot. And as a result, the show has made Roger a much less sympathetic character. The show wants us to love Roger and root for his relationship with Bree, I love Roger and I do root for that relationship, but I think it's more to me being a book reader. And I just don't think the show has made a compelling case for that love this season. When a lot of fans would rather have Brie end up with a gay man, you know you have a problem. <laughs> and since we only have about 60 minutes left in the season, I don't think they're going to fix that problem anytime
1: <laughs>
6: soon.
0: I hope the show winners acknowledge the issue they've created with Roger and fix it in season five
1: Ah, fan freaking i already played the outstanding so it is what it is matha chimes in she says roger going back at the end wasn't about love or brianna it was about mercy showing mercy to father alexandra it was also showing you roger's core character roger is compassionate and kind and caring he showed us this on the boat with the sick baby and after all roger has been through who wouldn't sit in the hut and say you know what i am mad and this sucks and i'm done helping people but roger didn't mean it It was such a human response. And to want to end your pain and suffering, Roger wanted to run away and be number one, but in the end, he was true to himself. It's why I love Roger. He makes mistakes and he does stupid things sometimes, but at the core, he is a good person who cares about people. Rick Rankin had me enthralled and Ferguson and marsley asking what could claire and jamie do was a great way to remind us that jamie and claire will always be with us even if they aren't physically there they live on in people that they have touched magus was inspired to save murtaugh because of their parents brave life uh, choices uh, and we also got to see jamie and claire and biana as she found the strength to visit bonnet i loved this episode definitely one of my best this season
0: Mar- Marilene Wooters says, nerd here. In <laughs> regard to the guiding touch of God and why this episode is called Providence, I think a manifestation of this religious idea is shown by nearly all of the characters that are focused on this episode. Bree goes to the prison to confront Bonnet. Does she know before she goes what she's going to say? I don't think so. But she ends up offering him solace in place of retribution. Lord John Gray is staunchly against the regulators, but he puts the safekeeping a Brie ahead of his own misgivings and in aids the release of Murtaugh, going as far as to lie to the other guards. If those aren't enough strong examples, and I admit you could argue that those were personal choices rather than divine intervention, take a look at the conversation between Father Alexandra and Roger. When I watched this, I immediately drew parallels to the conversation between Jean Valjean and Bishop Morel in Les Mis. Both Roger and Valjean have suffered through harsh captivity that has led them to a crisis of faith. Like Valjean struggles to believe that there is good in the world, Roger has convinced himself he is only going to look out for number one. Because nobody will treat him fairly. It takes a conversation with a man of God to help both of these men realize their errors of their selfishness. Roger returns to the camp and despite giving up his freedom, he remains true to his faith and his benevolent nature lessens the suffering of the priest. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Love. Love this. I'll take it. Love.
1: Angela Hickey says, This is the second time I am floored this season by how much I loved an episode compared to your reaction. The first was Blood of My Blood. And as a matter of fact, they were similar episodes in the sense that Blood of My Blood was a deep character revelation and growth for the Frasers, and Providence was the same type of character episode for the Mackenzies, Roger and Bree. For me, this episode will be a 4.9. It was flawless, except for a few small things. My bads are things like the convenience of the keys, the broad daylight siege on the jail, guns drawn, faces exposed. I hate that they've embroiled Fergus into this contrived Myrta story, and I think that they are writing themselves into a corner with Fergus's future storyline. Why are the regular guys in Wilmington? They live weeks away. Myrta is there for a separate reason. I also didn't like the change that Roger did not make through with its gauntlet. However... I'm glad that they kept the first part of Bree's visit, the conversation with Bonnet. And I'm glad that her departure from the prison was changed from the book. And I loved Lord John's interaction with Murtaugh during the escape. And as far as Bonnet giving her the jewel, I did not see that as so redemptive. At that point, he thought Bree... He, he, well, actually, he thought he was going to hang. No point in it going around with him. And really, his attitude about Bree's baby is still narcissistic. He sees it as a piece of himself. And regarding Roger, in my opinion, that entire side of the story was powerful triumph. The artistry, the writing, the, the character work, the acting for Roger, Father uh, Father A. Curtin, K- uh, and Johian uh, were all exquisite. Blake, I think you may have missed the point. The father is somewhat of a mirror for Roger. He is listening to the priest and identifying with him. As he is trying to convince the priest to make a different choice, he is trying to convince himself It's representative of Roger's inner battle with himself. It's not just about love. It's Roger's nature. He cannot put himself first. He wants to talk himself into believing he has changed into a me-first guy. But when that is tested, his true nature will not let him do it. Roger must help people in distress. It's just who he is. Even if it makes no sense, his compassion is a huge aspect of his character. Remember, too, his own father was a minister, and this man was the first he um person in the ear he had shared his own soul with and pain with so he matters to roger and until now roger has been alone trying to make sense of everything in his head it's a very lonely place and he has not had family or lord john like bree to help him cope and as he watches in horror these two lovers in flames he identifies it reminded me of the stag moment in episode 3 and i don't know why you think roger abandoned bree twice he left her for a few hours so that they could both cool off and think and he came back to his sleeping shed and was, she was promptly already gone. Then when he went to the tavern, first thing in the morning is to to work things out. And that's not abandoning her. I don't know what, what else you are talking about. He didn't ask to be beaten up and sold to the Mohawk. And he didn't ask to be dragged back to Bonnet's ship. I love Lord John and Sophie's unique friendship. They grow to really care for each other during these couple of months. And he is all she has to keep her sanity. But I would never want her with John or Roger. It's a shame the show has not invested you more in their relationship, and I guess that is the curse of limited time. But maybe as a book reader, I fill in what the, what the show failed to show. The other thing that we get is a lot of Roger's POV in the book, starting with book two through now. So next, Claire, Roger is the biggest POV character in the series. So you connect with his perspective and views early on. And by the time we get to this point in the books, you are all in with Roger, so it has been one of the sad points for me this season, seeing the reaction of show watchers to Roger this season. I hope that Richard's compelling performance as Roger's heart in four twelve will allow you to embrace for him and root for him more. Um, listen, I, I've already I've already explained my reasoning uh, behind it, but I, I I will say that Roger is a confusing character in the show. Um, he did abandon her twice. He abandoned he. he told her to screw off essentially and at the at the gathering and he did choose to leave and he did choose to go back home uh or at least he wanted to go back home uh when uh the whole thing happened with her in the argument after they got hand fast he admits it himself fact not opinion that that is what it is so i don't know that and that's the reason why his character is so confusing. I, I wish they had done a better job. It's the job. show. It's that, the that's show. What I'm saying. Because
0: you know, so much of what Angela says and what a lot of people say in the Roger storyline um, comes from being book readers. The book gives you so much more perspective and depth and love for Roger than this season has. Right. Um, and you know, it's um, sitting here podcasting, watching the show with Blake has made me had a completely different taste of show Roger. You guys know. I'm a Roger lover and I'm not sitting here saying that these scenes in the book made me feel this way completely opposite actually but the way that things have been portrayed in the show and the relationship that we're supposed to be rooting for in the show they just haven't um, It hasn't done
1: it they haven't done it hasn't done it. it's been it's I'm not gonna say it's an abject failure for Roger no, but it's I, I, not. I think I think it's I think it's it's a, a problem it's a problem.
0: They're going to need some bear flair and they're going to need um, a lot of... I don't even know.
1: They, they they better do something more redemptive for Roger when it comes You're to his character.
0: Have, we'll just have to have faith.
6: You know, I have faith, faith, faith.
0: There you go. All right, here we
6: okay. go. voicemails. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Pam Hartzell from Jacksonville, Florida. This is my first time calling. I have been listening to your podcast for the last couple of years.
7: Thank
1: you.
6: And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy listening to your breakdown of each show. I just wanted to give my thoughts on tonight's episode, um, number 12, Providence. I'm telling you what, I needed a box of tissues for that one. Mm. I think it was the best show the season all I did was sit there and ball especially towards the end Mm. Richard Rankin I have no words to say he is such a great actor and I think that he thoroughly redeemed himself um it's not such great portrayal of previous episodes anyways I'm going to give this a rating of five kilts. I don't normally do that, but I think this show deserves it. I really don't have anything bad to say about it, so I don't have a bad. I'd say my good, obviously, is Fergus and Marsali's interaction, and my great is, of course... Richard as Roger all the way. Anyways, have a great day. And it was a pleasure giving you my thoughts. And I look forward to hearing your podcast later on in the week. Thank Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much, Kim. I, I really appreciate that. All right, let's do the next one.
6: Hi
5: Mary. Hi Blake. I'm a first time caller. My name's Rebecca. Um, okay. My opinion on the episode. Um, I actually, Blake, I want to hear your thoughts on the song they chose when um, Roger was running back to the priest. I'm actually really curious what you think about that because I honestly was very disappointed. I I remember sitting there watching it and saying out loud like Outlander. I I had like, oh, what did I say? Um. Oh dang! I feel like you're better than this. That's how I felt. And then, um, uh, Mary, I want to know what you think of the chemistry between uh, Lord John and Bree. Like, I think he's totally smitten with her. Um, honestly, I kind of, I kind of think that they're a better couple. And I'm not a book reader, so <laughs> I know like Brianna and Roger are supposed to be together. So I'm not sure really what's going on because I kind of like Lord John. And, uh, Brianna together than, uh, Brianna and Roger. But, um, uh, I don't know what to think of the episode. I was, I think this might be the more disappointing one of the entire season for me, honestly. And I've been loving it. Um, that ending really made me so sad. I just, I thought the mom was so selfish. Like, who does that? I understand you're in love, but that was kind of effed up. I'm not (laughs) even gonna lie about that. Um, Wow, the episode felt like, I don't know why, I've never thought this about an episode on Outlander before, but I actually thought this one might have been a waste of time. There's so much more they could have, like, put in there, like, the scenes for this episode, um, oh yeah, it could, I think I went over the time, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it could have, uh, it could have worked if it was, like, a longer episode and they had the extra scenes, like they did with the season two finale. Um, But yeah, um, I get you're in love, but who leaves your baby and then jumps into a fire? That's crazy. Um, But yeah, I thought Richard Rankin did amazing. And Sophie did amazing. And uh, David Barry did amazing. I just uh, loved it. I miss that we didn't get to see Jamie and Claire as much, though. And I'm glad that we got to... um, hear what Jamie said to Brianna in the letter. Okay,
8: um,
1: all right, uh, bye. Thank you very much, Rebecca, I really appreciate it.
8: Hello, my name is Kristen England and I'm from Indian Land, South Carolina and I'm a first time caller. Yay! I just can't tell y'all enough how much I look forward to listening to these podcasts each week. Thank you. I do home health physical therapy and I drive an hour to and an hour from with lots of driving and Y'all make me laugh and make the dreaded commute shorter. And the jabroni conversation was hilarious. Like I said, I live in South Carolina, not North Carolina, Blake, but my best friend's husband is from (laughs) Middletown, New York, and he used to call the guys that upset me when I was dating a long time ago, jabroni. Mm -hmm. So I totally knew what you meant. I couldn't remember, though, how I knew that word, so I called Todd and asked, hey, didn't you teach me that word? Thanks for the memory. We had a good time laughing about that. Y'all are great, and I do hope you keep us entertained during the Droughtlander, as I just discovered y'all podcast this season so for providence my good lord john gray this guy needs his own show like please a spinoff show i actually agree the bad i have two the priest burning i really didn't like this part of the book and i was hoping they would skip it in the show but even with it being my bad all i can say is wow the performance the music selection again not much to say but wow so my bad is kind of a compliment to the cinematography but still a bad in my second bad, can I just have like 45 seconds of Jamie? At least I got to hear his voice. The great. Roger and his entire performance. I just wanted to reach out and hug the guy. Phenomenal acting. I give this episode 4.7 tilts. It was wonderful, but no Jamie. It. And it's the second to last episode of the season. Oh, and I didn't listen to the podcast yet because my goal was to call in before the end of the season. So I hope I make it. Yay! Thanks, guys.
7: Well, girlfriend, One you made it. an amazing goal.
1: And welcome, welcome, welcome Seriously. to our crazy, loud, and dysfunctional family. Yes. Thank you.
7: Hello, this is Katie from Chico, California. Hi, Katie. And first time calling in. And I am calling in with just a few observations about the latest show. Um, my good, my bad, and my great. My good was Marcelie saying the line that originally came from Jenny in book two, about wanting her husband to be whole. And one of the reasons I love this is because it doesn't really have anything to do with Fergus's wholeness of body, having a hand or not, Mm -hmm. but about him feeling like the whole person that he is. And I loved that shout out to the book and then put in the words of Marcellie. Um, my bad is Lord John Gray, not him himself, but his wig. It's just really terrible. <laughs> and that seems to be a theme this season of some really bad wigs. And then my great is, of course, Lord John Gray being the awesome person that he is in the latter half of the episode. Thought this was an enjoyable episode, not the strongest of the season, but following a lot of strong episodes out of a after a couple of really bad ones. So I was very pleased with it. Thank you for the podcast.
1: Well, you're welcome. Thank you mm, for calling. Obviously, she you. was talking about the previous episode, but thank you. Yeah. I appreciate those comments nonetheless.
2: Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Joe calling from England. Hi, Jo. we rating for episode 12 for Providence. I give this episode 4.7 kilts. Wow. What an episode with tons of plot packed into it.
1: Can I, I, I just have to put, yeah. Joe's voice and accent is is the greatest thing ever. Joe, keep going. I, I just, I wanted you to know this. I appreciate where you're coming from.
2: I was in tears at the end. My good, Marsali makes a kick-ass getaway driver. Yes. If I ever rob a bank, remind me to book her services. Amen. <laughs> she doesn't even need a babysitter because she takes the ban with her in the wagon. My bad. I miss Jamie and Claire. Also, I wasn't keen on the choice of overlay music at the end. Mm. It's such an overused piece. Maybe we've been spoilt with so much original music with this show, but it would have been great to have some original Outlander music for this section instead. We know that Bear can write truly mournful stuff. My great Richard Rankin. His interaction with the priest in the hut was brilliant. I totally believed him and everything he said, and I felt his pain. Only one more episode to go. I can't wait, but I also don't want it to end. Thank you so much for your podcast. I love it. Aww. I only discovered it this season, so to help me get through Droughtlander, I'm going back to season one wow. and listening to all your podcasts from the oh beginning. My- Cheerio, Joe. Oh my gosh, thank you, thank you, and we're sorry.
1: <laughs> those those original podcasts are terrible.
0: But, you know, that's growth. That's that, growth.
1: That's how you know we, we became who we became. Yes. Po- podcasting in our <laughs> stupid little apartment in the dining room to where we are now. Yes.
9: Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Marsha from Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Marsha. Providence. First time I watched it was not a fan. I just kept thinking about all of the story left to go in the book and felt cheated. But what do you always say, Blake? The book is the book. The show is the show. Commandments. So I tried to watch it again with that same lens. And you know, I upgraded it to a 4.8.
1: Wow. Big the jump. good.
9: Mm-hmm. Marsley. Driving the getaway wagon. Oh my gosh. I can just picture her and Fergus... Being the colonial American Bonnie and Clyde, busting people out of jail. Mm -hmm. I think stars would pick it up, don't you? (laughs) My bad was that whole jail sequence, though. It felt like too many stories were being mushed together, and it just felt disjointed. My great Rick Rankin knocked it out of the park. Didn't he, Blake? That a girl. So it was so great to see his character develop having that um, warring in between, you know, changing and, and all that he's gone through. But then at the heart of it, he's still that guy with a high moral compass that just believes what he believes and stands up to do what's right. And a shout out for that final sequence. Oh my gosh, the music, the visuals, so epic. Can't wait for next week. Have a great week, guys. Aww. Love your show. Bye. Thank you. It's
1: so funny. The response to this episode has been so up and down. Oh yeah. Like this is one of those episodes. Like you know you did something like fairly controversial. You know you've done something mm-hmm. that that really hit people. Yep. If either they hate it or they love it. Yep. You know, I, and I, I I quite like that. I, I agree. Think, I think that's when you know you, you hit a you hit a chord. <laughs>
10: Hello from the Highlands of Scotland, hey, it's Kristen. Kirsten Lane here giving you my take on the episode. The good, Fergus and Marsley, lovely to see them working together to free Murta. Bless Fergus with his wee thimbles and cutlery, spending hours working on that intricate and cunning plan. <laughs>
6: yes. To not
10: be incognito, to walk up to the jail, hold everyone at gunpoint, while blowing the arse off the jailhouse. It did get results. But sometimes, Fergus, you're a waste of good clothes. (laughs) The bad brain bonnet. It nips my heed that she forgave him and let him think that that unborn bairn is his. Never has a man deserved forgiveness and such knowledge less. Besides, biologically speaking, Rogers' rebellious, determined, loose wee swimmers got a heat start against Bonnet's squatty, <laughs> <knee-y> <laughs> wrigglers, who were probably alcohol-soaked and swam the wrong way anyway. <laughs> Half-faced be last year, man so thrown, his boys had a broad chance at being making. The Great, that closing scene, perfection, extremely poignant and moving performances, complimented heartbreakingly by a great musical score. And finally, we we see the book, Roger, that we love. A man who unselfishly and bravely acts, finding another use for whiskey, this time for mercy.
1: That's all from me. Goodbye. It's why Kirsten is a Hall of Fame caller. Agreed.
11: Hi, Marion Blake. It's Kathy from Cleveland. Cleveland, where this spring, Jan Tual, the actor who portrays Father Alexandre, We'll be starring in a play less than two miles from my house. I guess this will be my chance to fangirl. I'm giving this episode 4.6 kilts. Solid and definitely the best work we've seen from Karen Campbell, but far from perfect. My good? The portrayal of Fergus and Marsali as a couple, and how it shows how much Jamie and Claire touched the lives of the people around them. Now we know that WWJT really means, what would Jamie do? My bad, (laughs) it's a small thing, but after Jamie and Claire were able to clear the air and come together in the last episode, I would have loved to see some sign of that in the brief montage while Jamie's letter was read in voiceover. Her hand on his shoulder, them sitting together, some little indication that they're once again a team. Instead, we get Jamie cleaning his guns and staring off into (laughs) space alone. Hmm. My great, of course, it's Rick Rankin's performance. So my second great is Lord John and his care for Brie. If I didn't know better, I might think he actually loves her. My parting thought, Blake, I don't know if you're a Bruins fan, and it's probably before your time, but time's face tattoos look like he's rocking an early version of Jerry Cheever's Goalie Man. <laughs> yes! Counting down the hours to Droughtlander. Bye, guys.
1: I'm a huge Bees fan, and I love me some Jerry Cheever's. Man's the man's the best. I don't know what any of that means. Don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just just accept it and say that you love the Bruins and move on. I love you. The, no, the Bruins, not me, you hoop. Uh, well me, yes. But I love the, you. Okay, good. <laughs>
3: Hey, guys. Robin from Virginia here to hey. comment on episode 12 of Providence. Hi, Robin. First, though, wanted to let you know I'm going back and starting at the beginning and listening to season one podcast. Oh my gosh. We're, we're sorry it. again. Boy, have you guys come a long way.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Like
3: your Frank love is OG. Much respect. <laughs> By the way, I did hear your phone buzz in episode four on the kitchen table. Totally cracked me up. <laughs> but on to Providence, I'm still shook. Hashtag poor Roger, but hashtag Roger stole my heart. What a great man in that idiot hut. Mm. He just wants to be with Brie and Netflix and chill. I'm so hoping we get to see a huge reunion between the two with all the hugging and kissing. And yes, Brie, I will love that baby no matter what. When Adagio for strings began to play, I lost it. I thought it was perfect. I love Bear, uh, but thought this was a great choice. First heard this in Lorenzo's Oil in 1992, which is one of my favorites, and it took me back. Bravo, Outlander. And last... Farsily is coming to the ridge, baby. Badass Marsily might now be my new spirit animal. Mm. Bye, guys.
1: Totally agree. Can't wait for badass Mars. Thug Marsely. Yes. Thug life. Thug life.
4: <laughs> hey, Mary and Blake. It's Kelty from Western Canada again. Hi, Kelty. Um, I know I've been a little MIA for a while, but I thought I'd give some comments on 412. Um, So I find it really hard to do GBGs because I only get to watch each episode once, but some of the things that... It- from this episode that have stuck with me even after a couple days um, were Marsley in general. I know everyone's been a big fan of her and Fergus for a long time, but this is the first episode where I really got it and I'm so excited to see more of her now. And I don't even know what it was, but I just found her more impactful than I have before. Um, Another thing is the very last scene, which I know everyone is obsessed with, but having it slowed down and then also putting music over it and totally cutting out the audio, I thought was amazing and just kind of um, forced you to focus on the scene itself and not anything extra and just made it a lot more emotional and then the final thing I really loved was Brianna when she's confronting Bonnet and not even the whole thing was good but when she turns to leave and then goes back and just lays into him after something he says Mm -hmm. I thought Sophie did such a good job with that and it so easily could have been like a cheesy cliche version but it wasn't and it was so honest and I absolutely adored it so that's all for me i can't believe we only have one episode left can't wait to hear what you guys think bye
1: kelty thank you so much and she actually thank brings you. up a great point where Bri- brianna just stops in her tracks mm. and just says you know you know what dude f you yeah i loved that moment as well we mm-hmm. didn't really call it out on on the earlier podcast of, the, of today <laughs> but uh, kelty is 100 right that was a great moment
12: Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Jenny calling from Burbank. It's my birthday today. Happy, happy
1: birthday.
10: birthday. Mock
12: me. Cheers. Clink. I'm calling about the episode Providence. I give it a, this is the first time I'm going under five on my message to you guys. Um, 4.6. I did like a lot of it. There were some wonderful happy birthday nuggets to me. Um, so I'll give you my, my good was everything that was happening Uh, in Wilmington with with Marsali, Fergus, uh, Murtaugh, Bree, Stephen Bonnet, Lord John. Oh, my God. Lord John, you are impossible not to like. I love that line. And it is absolutely true. Right. Uh, My bad was everything with the priest. Come on, man. Just say Hail Mary. (laughs) Be done with it. Like Roger says. And then my great. Oh, and also bad is the music, too. I mean, that was really lazy. And they even said it after the after the show. They said, oh, that was just placeholder music, and we liked it and didn't want to change it. I, it made me angry. But my great was everything Roger. Finally, we get some Roger. His monologues were fabulous. And him calling the priest an idiot was all spot on. Thank you for everything you do. I love the podcast. I can't believe we're down to the to the last one. Bye.
0: Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Yes, we are down to the last one. It's okay. Dinner fash. We're just going to keep breathing. Do not fash, guys. Just, just we're going swimming. throughout
0: Droughtlander. Don't worry. Yeah, we're going to have
1: at least one episode per month. And you get all the other podcasts that Mary and I do, too. Go check us out on This Is Us, too. We're there for you. Stop Star- Start watching This Is Us just because of Mary and I. I don't-, I don't see you any reason why you shouldn't. It ain't going to hurt. It's free. You don't got to pay for it. <laughs> it's true. Might as well.
13: Hi, Mary Blake. It's Sharon calling from Chicago, Hi, Sharon. giving this lovely episode of 4.9 Kills. And the reason I'm doing so is because it is a character-driven story that I love that comes from Outlander and Diana so many times. It's just so wonderful. Um, but I'm going to say this is where the boys ruled on this one. They they really did. And the character arcs that have finished so wonderful, um, there's just a fabulous job. So let's start with Roger when he says... I've changed and I'm looking out for number one. And here we think we're going to get back hard and Roger unable to be open. And then, of course, when he escapes, he runs back to the to help the priest. And then he goes back to the idiot hut. Great line. Um, the Indian man's character played by Braden Clark was fabulous. We had the perfect writing and arc. Not much going on or dialogue, but it's shown to us. The emotion in his face when he looks at the girl. Frustration with Roger and fear and horror of her death. And then tenderness when he looks at the child Got to love Lord John Gray and Bree. I wanted to hold his arm. And uh, Fergus and Marsley, both together on a caper, didn't Marsley drive that getaway cart. Just so nice. Um, the only bad thing is the music at the end. It's always used that um, Adagio for String by Samuel Barber is always used in sort of tense moments like that. And it's just overdone. Just took me out a little but That's just a scotch. Best of all, the episode put me on a roller coaster of emotions. And that's really the proof of a fantastic story. Thanks,
1: guys. Bye. Thank you, Bye. Sharon. I appreciate the, uh, the honesty there and, uh, and uh, the, the fine analysis that you always bring every single week.
14: Hi, guys. This is Maureen Edwards from Edmonds, Washington. So I give this episode three kilts. I'm just going to do a bad and then a great. Okay. So I don't really understand why they keep making Roger so dislikable. They they added that like weird speech about I'm just going to look out for number one from now on. And I just thought he's already people don't like him at this point. Why are they having him say that? You know, if Jamie or Claire said that I would be not into it. Uh, and I definitely wasn't into Roger saying it either, which sucks because I love book Roger. So, you know, like Blake is saying, I don't even care if this guy just goes to live with the mohawk. And that's a <laughs> shame that that's how they've written him. So, didn't like that. I didn't like that they added him escaping and coming back. And they spent so much time with this father, Alexandra, who ultimately was going to be a disposable character dying at the end of the episode. I just would... I Rick's acting was incredible. But I just wanted them to spend more time moving the plot forward. And like on other things like Bonnet and Brianna, I, I really... I liked what they did there, but I wanted more of it. Um,
1: I actually agree. Like
14: Blake was saying, I think it's obvious we haven't seen the last of Bonnet. So I think telling you the book version of events, which I preferred, would not be a spoiler. So in drums, while Bree and Lord John are at the jail, Lord John gets knocked out and the place is set ablaze by one of Bonnet's mm-hmm. smuggling cronies. And the Bonnet is free to go, but he won't leave Brianna and Brianna won't leave Lord John. So together, Bonnet and Brianna end up carrying Lord John out of the burning building. Bonnet takes off, but not before he gives Brianna the gemstone and asks her if she'll come with him. Oh. Of course she is horrified at that idea, but the series of events makes so much more of a complex villain out of Bonnet, and it just lends no closure to Brie. So I I really preferred that. I would have I just wanted to see more because I love villains, so uh, I just, that'd be better than the Mohawk Village stuff. So, but what are my grades? What did I like? I still like the interaction we did get uh, with Bonnet and Brianna, especially when he pulled out the gemstone. That was so gross. So I gross. like the line in Jamie's letter to Bri. If he does not die by my hand, it will be by another, but it must not be by yours. So, you know, it's not off the table that Jamie's coming after this guy. I liked Margus asking, what would Jamie and Claire do? Uh, I liked Rick's performance. I liked the costumes. And I love Outlander. I love that it was Outlander.
1: Well, Mary, I will say this. What? You may have Roger and his fish pin. Yeah. I have Maureen in her love of villains.
0: <laughs> thank Fair. You. Fair enough. Bam. Just like that. A winner.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. I couldn't appreciate that statement even more. I absolutely wanted more of Brie and and, and Stephen Bonnet. And the version in the book, to me, sounds a lot more, it it sounds like you're investing more in that relationship between Brie and Stephen Bonnet. And I feel like that is a great through line for future books. Like, there's nothing to stop Stephen Bonnet from coming and 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 stalking Bree from now on. Like, it's gonna be his kid, apparently. Like you, you don't know. But I'm just saying that to me is a lot more complex relationship than, oh, his keys just got dropped there and you don't know if he got out or not. Like that is freaking lame like in comparison to what was written in the book it's just a poor choice and had they had both she and bonnet carried Lord John out oh man that would have been really good that would have been it would have been really good
0: that's why you need to read the book
1: I don't know I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that well that does it for our our voicemails. Uh, and that does it for the listener feedback episode. Of course, if you do want to hear what else we have to say about the trailer for next week, we're gonna close out this episode and that's um, right, and, with then, it. and then we're gonna get it done. Yep. So, uh Marvin, yeah, are you ready to close this bad boy out? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do it. <laughs>
0: Out of cups, we've got one more episode, and then one more feedback episode, and you know, we'll sprinkle in some more goodies because we're not going to let you go. Outlander's coming. We're not going to leave point. you hanging. No, that's just not how we roll, you know. So we we want to be here with you. So keep on holding on, and if you have a friend who's who's liked Outlander, you know, maybe you can introduce them to the podcast. But we want to, of course, thank all of you who've taken the time to write us a review in iTunes we talk about this all the time it means so much to Blake and I it is completely dorky um, but that's you know you know us that's who we are we're dorky little people so just know that it really really means no so- we're,
1: we're dorky big people yeah Let's actually, get that we're right.
0: giants those of you coming to the Outlander cast finale party you're gonna see we be giants we be giants alright so we want to thank of course Lauren Bennett who said love? Best Outlander pod. Love, love, love. I love this podcast. After the episodes, this is the first Outlander podcast I listen to. Thank you. Great production and sound quality. That's all Blake's doing. Love that they are married, and it makes it extra sweet, and it adds layers to this podcast. So she also writes that Lauren likes that I keep you in line, Blake. That I you keep you in line. That's
1: not just the podcast, by the way. That's oh, no. keep me keeping me in line. In life, <laughs> I know,
0: I know, I try my best. You know how
1: Mossley just like totally takes care of of uh, of a Fergus. Yep, that that's Mary. Yes, it, instead of Mossley, it's just Mary. Yep, she rocks it.
0: Real life takes in Rhode care. Island, rocking every, it every day. So, uh, I also want to thank our patrons. You guys, seriously, all of you make Outlander Cast possible. And I don't want you to think that you need to stop being a patron of Outlander Cast once the show is over because Outlander Cast keeps on going. The blog, the podcast, we keep on going, friends. So thank you. Honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. We want to especially thank our associate producers, Angie, Carolyn, Celine, Cheryl, Dawn, Diane, Diane. Oh, there's two Diane's now. Heather, Jennifer, Larissa, Lauren, Linda, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, Michelle. There's two Michelles and two Diane's. Whoa. Patricia, Siobhan, <laughs> Summer. This is crazy. Let's see what else we got. Barbara, Carolyn, Christina, Dana, Deanna, Janet, Jenny, Keelan, Kirsty, Lisa, Liz, Marion, Raynal, Rita, Sharon, Sue, Tara, and Tina. And last but not least, our executive producers. Anne, Bobby, Jen, Katie, Martha, Peg, and Sarah.
1: It reminds me of, uh, the remember the movie Ted, when they're going off all the names? Mark Wahlberg, Tammy, Tammy Lynn, Amber, Amber Lynn. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Yeah. No. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, remember, guys, if you do want to hear our analysis of the next week's uh, trailer, it's actually coming Stay up in a, in a little bit. So, that's it for now.
0: Here we go, guys. Right, you, you ready for this, I'm Marvin? ready.
1: All right, let's do it. All right, so here's your last one.
0: I hope there's Rick Rankin in it so I can growl again.
1: Well, I got Maureen. So, you take your fish pin and-, and, and
0: I No, Maureen's my girl.
1: No, Maureen <laughs> and her love of villains- <laughs> is now mine. I I've, I've claimed you, Maureen. You are mine. Oh
0: my gosh, you're so weird. Please don't say that. Well, you
1: just said Maureen's your girl. Yeah, you no. can't say
0: I've claimed you. That's like some weird stuff. Let's <laughs> make this a big screen. All right. Okay, all right I just on. love that we don't watch the trailers. We should have done this our whole entire podcasting well, life. You know
1: what? We're 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 learning. It's we're season learning. 4 and we're learning. We're still learning. Here okay. we go. Okay, here we go. Trailer
0: for next week, the finale episode. Okay, here we go. We're going to watch it. Oh! So it's always an abrasive sound. Not a good choice.
11: Many years ago, before I was born, a man came to us. He talked of war. He said, kill the white man. Bar
0: mm. two, okay.
6: Any sign of Roger?
0: I'm going back for him tonight.
6: You can't go there alone. I
9: will return to you,
13: It's better to fight than stand by and you know.
9: I want to take you away from here.
0: Hold up. Hold up. There were so many things that just happened in this little preview trailer. There was a lot there. Okay. Someone splashed Murtaugh in the face. With something. With something. How dare... Dare they? <laughs> that's what I take out of this.
1: Uh, and shame. We clearly have Ian going through the spank line. He's he's going. He's absolutely. Who, where did
0: you see him being spanked?
1: He, he's he, he goes through. He gets. I didn't his, see
0: it. Okay, let's watch it and comment and like pause okay. every single all right, moment all right, here we because. Are right, you ready? Goodness. I'll right. put the stupid star sound down down down. Stupid.
1: <laughs> stupid. <laughs>
11: stupid. Okay. Pause.
1: Okay. So the girl that's talking right now is the same girl that told Roger um uh that like hey you you better watch out and don't go over here you go go to the longhouses like and remember he she kind of walked by as he was escaping and like it, it was just this random woman It's the same girl that's talking because she's now talking to Ian, Jamie, and Claire. So obviously there is a confrontation.
0: They're chilling with the Mohawks and they're talking So it seems
1: like the confrontation gets either resolved or this is right before the confrontation.
0: No, she's telling them a story about some guy. I
1: know, she's telling him about Otter Tooth. That's who it is. Before
0: I was born,
11: a man came to us. He talked of war. He said, kill the white-
1: so he's got the gem. So
0: Ottertooth who has the the gem that, that Claire yeah, had. Yeah. And you see his opal. face here, the opal,
1: whatever it is. Uh, they're talking about Ottertooth. So clearly they're going to find out what the happened to this guy him. Okay. and him and how he was a traveler and so on and so forth and kill the white man. They're probably saying kill the white man because the white man does to the American Indians what he you know what what, what eventually happens.
6: Yeah. Man. New sign of Roger.
1: I'm going back for him tonight
6: you can't go in there
1: alone. Oh, uh, okay, so okay. I get it. So Stupid they, they
0: Claire, you can't go in there alone. She probably has a couple drams of bad whiskey. Mm-hmm. You see her walking around at night. Right. Claire.
1: What you did doing? you
0: learn nothing from season 1? <laughs> Listen to Jamie. He said, "No, I want to go in there alone." And what do we see? Claire walking around. Yeah,
1: and and obviously, uh they so this they obviously meet up with the Mohawk. Something happens and he, and and Jamie says, "Yeah, I'm going to go back and we're going to go get him." And they, and they sneak into the camp. So, clearly, they, what happens is they get caught somehow. It's better to fight than stand. Okay. Yeah, so, there it is. There's so, Murtaugh's talking all night. to, it
0: looks like Jocasta. Yes. And so, he's saying it's better to fight yep. than to stand, but then they cut to Jamie swinging around a fire branch yes. with a guy that has a gun. Jamie? I'm going to tell you something, honey. You don't
1: bring a fire branch to a gunfight.
0: Seriously, Jamie.
1: <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? So so clearly they're setting up the Jocasta and Merta thing. They're obviously going to get together, and I wonder if she is going to lend she... some of her some of her money to does the regulators. she splash
0: him in the face. Ooh. Is it Jocasta? It might be. Does he say something sultry? Ooh. And does she throw it in his face and cuz she can see shapes. She can't see everything. She's right. not like 100%
1: blind. Okay, I got you. And you know
0: I want to take you away Oh, from me. hold on! Who Who no, is it? Is Joe so She
1: does throw it in. in oh Rich's my god! Face. Look
0: at his face. Not a good face. <laughs> oh, I hope it wasn't whiskey. Who was Claire just talking to?
1: Uh, I don't know. Let's find out. Hold on.
11: Oh no! All right, hold on. Here we go. Into us. He talked of war. He said, "Kill the white man." Any sign of Roger?
6: I'm going back for him tonight.
0: You can't go in there alone, Claire. Well, Down, Claire. To
13: Better to fight
1: than stand by and you oh. she, She's talking to Bree. She's talking to Bree. No. Yeah, that's Bree. You can see her right there. She's got that that the the rose or the, the flower dress that she's been wearing this whole time. Listen,
0: this does not work for me for timeline. How far away is the Mohawk Village?
1: A long while. So that means...
0: That this episode is going to be like gonna several months. It's going to encompass a lot months. of time. yeah.
1: Either that, either that... Or is this a dream? It could be a dream... It's either that or or Claire goes back.
0: But still, she's several months away. We see her in New York at the Mohawk Village. Yeah, you're right. And Claire... in Breeze in North Carolina and Claire did not get the memo that at River Run you can take a freaking bath okay <laughs> she's sweaty in her dirty shirt that she's worn since the Mohawk village what show
1: does she think this is bloodline oh she's not gosh. supposed to be sweating so that much so i don't
0: this this part i right here i'm i'm uh, interested So to she's see. obviously she's
1: definitely talking to Bree that's who she's talking to
0: but once again she's how many months away lots like the the traveling alone right so it's
1: going it, to probably going to be a time jump i bet I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. Take you away from
0: me. Oh. Was Bree running?
1: Okay, so there, there was yeah, Bree was running. Then we saw the thing with Murtaugh and the and the whiskey. Then we saw um or something. Ian. We don't know we if he's
0: getting we, by whiskey. We
1: saw Ian in the spank line. I missed right there. the
0: spank line again. Oh
1: come on! There's too many
0: things you saw. Bree running. Then okay, there was something right, else. Right, and then on, Murtaugh got squ- splashed. No,
1: hold on. Oh, I'm, I went way too far.
0: <laughs> yes, you did. It's okay. This is not an easy thing. Don't miss We're not We're trying not to miss a moment You threw too much in this
1: I'm I'm. Hold on Here it is I'm not
0: talking I'm talking to stars Oh No that's the end
1: That that was the end
0: With a gun to Jamie's face Yeah so
1: Jamie obviously gets caught And they have to work something out
0: Because they said Why did you bring a flaming stick To a gunfight you right. fool Right yeah, What do you, what can, are you, do you sc- get, uh, can you try to scroll back
1: Alright let me see if I can do it Hold on These
0: poor people are listening to us Like we're not watching this New right sign of Roger yet. Oh here You're we go going okay.
6: back for them
9: tonight
6: You can't in there alone I will
9: to assassinate they
1: will do. Better
0: to fight than stand by and you know. Yeah. I want to take you
1: away from here. Oh, yeah. Th- see, th- that was the spank line right there.
0: Oh, my gosh. I did not. E- I still, I've watched it. How many flipping times I didn't see the spank line, you, but goes I'm liking the, he this. He goes to the
1: spank line, and I, I guarantee you he gets <laughs> You broken. know what that reminds
0: me of? What? That reminds me of um, the suicide runs that they did at band camp.
1: You're <laughs> such a dork.
0: You had to run naked up and down the Nerd! school bus. And then get spanked. <laughs> I didn't do it. All right, hold on end
1: okay yeah so there you go you
0: know what well done trailer well uh, a done. pretty good
1: trailer a pretty good trailer not bad it, it 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 it's obviously setting up for some confrontation um and uh and that that's about it we are an hour and 21 into this kiddo so Holy it's time, smokes. It's okay, time. Guys, we gotta go yeah we don't want to take up any more of your precious time they're
0: like you've already taken up an hour and 20 minutes
1: i know like get out of my face blake and mary <laughs> but mainly Blake. Get out of my face. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, for now, you. I'm Mary.
1: My name's Blake.
0: And you've been listening to Outlander Cast.